Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. We have talked a lot about time management strategies of all kinds here on the podcast. And there's honestly a lot of different things I do, but my number one secret weapon for keeping all of the balls in the air, well, most of the time anyway, is my paper planner. It's kind of like my security blanket. I don't ever let it get too far away from me. I always take it when I travel. And I thought it would be fun today to tell you a little bit about some of the ways I really put that planner to use around our homestead and kind of with all the different unique aspects of our lifestyle. Plus, I have a really exciting announcement for you at the end. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers. The mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. So I've said this many times, but one of the questions that I get most frequently is, how do you do it all? How do you juggle all the things? I know you have a lot of things going on. How do you keep them all going? And like I've explained before, I don't claim to have it all figured out. Um, There's a lot of things I opt out of, things I say no to. I have lots of little tricks that I have adopted over the years. But I would say one of the biggest pieces that helps me to do a lot of different things, because honestly, what it, what it all boils down to is I love a lot of things. Like there's a lot of aspects of life that are very exciting to me, that are very motivating. And I want to have my fingers in just a lot of different avenues. And one of the ways that I do that without losing all of my marbles is that I plan ahead. And I know that might seem overly simple. Um, And sometimes I feel like when people are asking me for my best tricks or my best secrets, like that's kind of when I say that, they're like, okay, that's really obvious. Um, But really that's, that's something that is the secret sauce for me. So for example, um, there's a lot of instances of this, I think over the last few months for us, but one that really sticks out in my head is in August, early August, we had our fair, like I explained in a previous episode, our fair wasn't canceled this year. So we had our fair, which is quite the undertaking. We lived at the fairgrounds for a week. We had the steer and the horses and all the details and all the, it just was a lot. Fair is a big deal. Um, and then right on the back side of fair, we got home, we had a few days, and then we hosted a horsemanship clinic here on our property. And that's super fun. I love doing that. But, you know, we had to keep things clean and get things ready. And I not only hosted the clinic, but we also cooked lunch for everybody. And we had company coming to stay with us during the clinic. And I wanted to make sure I had meals for them and things were ready. So we came out of fair. We had menus to plan and cleaning to do. And we had some things with the business that were getting ready to be launched. And where, you know, school is right around the corner. So it was just this kind of the perfect storm of all the things. And I'm going to be honest, like there was definitely a couple days during that two or three week stretch where I was like, oh, there's a lot to do right now. Holy moly. But I never really got to the point where I was freaking out or felt like heart pounding tons of stress because I had everything planned. And I started planning pretty early out. Like I was planning my rough menus for the horsemanship clinic before we went to fair, not like getting everything completely 
ironed out perfectly, but I just had an idea. And I've, it's something I've learned, I guess by accident or maybe out of necessity over the years, but just that process of thinking ahead of what I'm going to need and what I need to be prepared for, that, that's a big deal for me. It really, really helps. And maybe that's just way too simplified, but that is a big piece. And so one of the tools I use, the primary tool I use to plan and plan and plan and remind myself of things is a planner. Now I use a paper planner, like good old fashioned paper and pen. And I really, this is a very personal topic. So there are a million different styles and ways to plan out your life. Some people really love digital, um, you know, spreadsheets and apps and other people love to use the calendar on their phone. And there's nothing wrong with any of those. You just got to figure out what works for you. And really what it comes down to is what are you going to (laughs) use? You could have the best paper planner or the best app in the world, but if it's not something that feels intuitive and simple for you to use, you're not going to use it. For me, that thing is a paper planner. I have that little bit of an old fashioned streak. And even though I have tried the more digital time management options in the past, just they haven't been a fit. They haven't really felt right. So I like a pin. I like paper. I like having something I can touch. Primarily, I think just for me at least, when I write it down with a pin or a pencil, it sticks in my brain a little bit better. And I don't know if everybody's like that, but that's just how I am. I mean, I also will track different things online. Obviously I have online businesses. I do a lot on the computer. For some reason I have this phenomenon where I can type something out like in the notes app of my computer or in a Google drive or on a Word document and it doesn't stick in my brain as well. Um, Like there has been more than once where I have been going through old documents on my computer and been like, oh my gosh, I just wrote like all this stuff three years ago and I don't even recall doing it. Hey, that was pretty good. Or, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like, I just don't recall what I'm typing as well as I do when I'm writing. So that's one of the reasons that planners just make sense for me. Side note, when you get to talking about planners, kind of one of the topics that comes with that are the topic of pins. And if you've never been into the world of paper planners, people get really nerdy about that. And I'm saying this is like raising my hand as part of that club because the right pins really do matter, y'all. It really matters. <laughs> the wrong pin on a planner, it's just, it just doesn't feel good. So uh, I have high standards for the pins. My favorite pins are erasable because I I'm a little bit crazy about, I don't like scribbling out in the planner. I I realize a lot of the things I'm saying right now in this episode are making me sound um, a little, little crazy. So it's fine. You can, you can think that, but I have to be honest. Uh, I don't like scribbled planners and I don't like wrong pins. There you, there you go. So my favorite pins are called friction pins. F-R-I-X-O-N. There are, I think they're available at most, like just most office supply sort of stores. I usually get the multicolor pack. The purple and the dark blue are my favorite. Christian has also taken to use the, using them. He won't use the pink and the purple ones, but he uses the other ones. We fight over them frequently. Um, he hides them from me. I hide them from him. He hoards them in his desk drawer. I am not making this up. Um, I also recently discovered that this Friction brand makes erasable highlighters. So I purchased a package of those for myself 
And then I threatened my entire family with bodily harm if they stole them from me. So there is the full extent of my psychosis regarding pins. And this is not an ad for friction pins. I just really, really like them. So go check them out if you care. If not, just use a ballpoint Bic pin and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I just, I guess the purpose of this episode, I just wanted to take you through just some of the ways I use my planner for homesteading. Because there's a million planners, right? Lots of ways to use a planner. And these are just some of the little things I've come up with over the years that help me stay on track with my fancy pens. So first off, for me, the weekly spreads are definitely the most used portion of my planner. Um, I know some people really lean heavily on the month at a glance. That's cool. I just don't, I just find that I'll fill out my month at a glance pages, but I don't look at them as much as I do my weekly spreads. And so for me, I really, really prefer a planner that has each day of the week broken down into hourly uh, chunks or hourly blanks. Just because like in the past I purchased planners and it was just like Monday, it was just like one big wide white box. And it was, I don't know, it just was harder for me. I always had to like, you know, one o'clock we're doing this and two o'clock we're doing that. And I have like appointments and calls and different things with business. And, you know, there's just stuff that happens throughout the day that I just prefer to have a planner that has the hours written in. That's just my thing. Um, but I find that is easiest for me. I like to use my highlighters or sometimes I'll just use my pen and draw a bracket. You know, if I'm blocking out tasks, we've talked about time blocking in some of my other episodes about time management, but you know, I really try to put like tasks together. Um, so that way I find if I'm constantly flipping through, like or not flipping, switching, switching tasks, right. And bouncing around all throughout the day and doing things in 15 minute increments and like constantly changing what I'm doing. It just takes more time. So when I batch things, whether it's recording podcasts or it's batching cooking meal prep or uh, cleaning the house, it just is more efficient. So I will kind of bracket those out into my planner. Like, you know, from 10 to noon, I'm going to be doing this. And from one to three, I'm going to be doing this. Uh, just I like the hourly areas for those purposes. So at the beginning of each week, usually Sunday evening or Monday morning, I will open up my weekly spread and I like to go in and fill out the standing appointments that I might have. So right now that's like calls that I have that reoccur every week. Right now we're doing soccer, which I'm not, a, I'm not exactly a soccer mom. We're not really a sports family, but our little tiny town near us has a soccer team, has a couple soccer teams this year actually. And it's close and it's pretty easy to participate in. The kids are loving it. So we are doing soccer and we have practices twice a week. So I put those practices in. Um, I also like to put uh, at the beginning of each day, you know, school, 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 because we homeschool. I just, not that I need to remind myself to homeschool. It's kind of obvious, but just to have that there. Also, if you look in my planner right now, I've done this for a couple years, <laughs> you will see each item I put into my planner, I put, I, I draw my own little box, like a little checkbox in front of it. And then I check it off. And I don't know, I guess that's because I have this insatiable need to check things off. Maybe that sounds weird, but anyway, that's what I do. So everything I put in my planner has a checkbox and then I check it off, whether it's soccer practice or school for the day or working out or making this supper or whatever. So there you go. Confessions of a planner weirdo. I also like to write, and I, like I've explained before, I'm not a huge 
super organized menu planner. But at the end of each day, you know, I have my planner with my hours around, you know, six o'clock when we eat supper, I'll write what we're going to be eating for that day. And sometimes it's just two or three days in advance, but even that is enough for me to know, you know, I need to be thinking that we're, you know, tacos are coming or roast chicken needs to happen. It just helps me to have that visual rep representation. And then I also like to write in any food prep. So an example would be um, this Saturday, we were preconditioning our cattle, which is like a big day. And we're going to have a lot of people helping us and we're going to do, you know, run them to the shoot. It's kind of a big deal. So I am going to help cook the meal for preconditioning. And I put on Friday afternoon, you know, with my little checkbox, um, prep the food for preconditioning just so I can have that built in. Cause otherwise it's really easy to look at Friday and it's blank. And then someone's like, Hey, do you want to come to town and ride horses together? And I'm like, sure. And then I forget, you know, just simple planner stuff. But I find that just food prep, sketching that in and simple meal plans. That's a really big deal for me. I also love on this, we're still on the weekly spread here. I like to have a work to-do list and a personal to-do list in my weekly spread. So when I'm doing my beginning of the week thing, you know, I write down all the personal stuff I need to do and then all the work stuff. And if you, you know, you, if you don't work, if you're a stay, I mean, if you're a stay at home mom, you definitely work, but you might not be splitting your life into home tasks and business tasks. So you could split that any way you wanted. For me, it makes sense to do home and business. But um, like this week, for example, I, in my personal home to-do list, it was like, I need to finish getting the onions and the cabbage dealt with after our crazy freak snowstorm last week. They're kind of in a pile. I need to get them spread out. I want to clean the playroom upstairs because it's a disaster. And um, what else did I have? Oh, I need to dry some more tomatoes. I had like that kind of stuff on my home to-do list. And then my work to-do list was like write the newsletter that goes out on Wednesday and record a couple podcasts and write a blog post. And then I'll take those. And as I'm planning out my week, I just insert those into the days because it's so crazy. It seems like so obvious and so simple. But for me, if I leave the things down in the to-do boxes, but I don't assign them to a day, it's like I just don't hold myself accountable to do them very well. So as you, and I mean, I'm sure you guys have your own little idiosyncrasies that you know about yourself, but it's funny how our brains will almost cheat themselves sometimes. It never ceases to amaze me. But anyway, um, I have two different to-do lists. What else? I will often take a sticky note and like if I am working on different habits like working out or feeding the sourdough or remembering to water the seedlings in the basement, then I will make little check boxes on a sticky note and color them in or check them off. Just, and I will stick that on top of my weekly spread so it's really hard to miss. Earlier this year, we did a challenge with some friends of ours and we all challenged each other to run a mile a day, which I'm not a runner. So that was uh, formidable, but I did it. I made it. I didn't die. And I was trying to keep track of, you know, 31 miles in January because that's when we started. And so I just made a little sticky note with 31 checkboxes and then just would color in a box every time I ran a mile. And now just little things like that, that's like a big part, believe it or not. It all adds up in keeping all the moving pieces going smoothly for me. Just how I roll. Okay. So Month at a glance, I kind of use. Week at a glance, I use a ton. And I also love a planner with a lot of either blank pages in the back or options in the back because I use probably that portion of my planner more than anything because I like to keep my planners. I don't throw them away, 
at the end of the year because I find there's been many, many times where I need to look back at something like, oh, when did we get that cow or when did we have this event last year? Plus, it's kind of, it's a, not kind of, it is a record of our life. Like it has a lot of details. And so I just find it's really handy to keep them around. And so I like to use the back of my planners as a way to also keep track of any other details about our life or our year or whatever. So some of the ways I use those pages in the back, the biggest one, I do this every, usually the week before between Christmas and New Year's. I have my fresh planner. I love a fresh brand new planner. I sit down with um, coffee and a candle and my nice favorite pins, and I will work on goals for the year. And I usually break those up into homestead goals, business goals, and personal goals. So like some of our homestead goals this year was to build a greenhouse, which it's almost done, and to put up the hail netting. And some of my personal goals were to work out more and to, um, what else? Oh, work on with my three-year-old horse, like get him going better. So, you know, I put those down and it's, it's crazy. I don't always remember to look at those goals. Like I don't look at them every week. Sometimes I forget to even look at them once a month, but just having that moment at the beginning of the year to write things down, that is a, is a big deal for me. It really seems to make a difference. Other ways I use those back pages. I like to keep garden notes back there. So like this year, we have our raised beds, of course, but this would work even if you have an in-ground garden. I always forget, if I don't write it down, what I put in the raised beds from year to year. Like I'll be like, oh, did I put potatoes in this one? Because they, they all look the same. There's like 20 beds. It's They're all pretty uniform. So I made a simple sketch of my beds and numbered them. And then I just wrote on the other side of the page, like bed number one had the cabbage, bed number two had the onions and just wrote little notes. So that way I can do some crop rotation and I don't have to worry about putting things in the wrong bed. And like sometimes, you know, they get wonky. If you follow one harvest with another crop, they don't, they don't get along very well. So that helps me. I like to create a list of books to read at the beginning of every year. And then kind of as the year goes, I add the books that I, you know, I finish some, I add more, or if I read one that's on the list, I add it to the list. And it just kind of gives me a fun way to track what I've been reading um, I also will keep track of our animal breeding, seed lists. If I have a big project, I like to break it down in the back of the planner just because if I put it on scratch paper, a lot of the times I find that I lose it. So breaking down like I'm going to do this thing, what are the main steps that need to happen? And then I break those into baby steps. So anyway, those are just a few of the ways that I really depend heavily on my planner for the homestead. And that leads me to the announcement, the very exciting announcement that I alluded to in a previous episode. You may or may not have caught that, but today it is official um, because I have limped along for a very long time with other planners. Like I have been using, a, I've used a variety over the years and they worked, but they were not quite exactly what I wanted this year. I decided to make my own. And that is because planners truly, truly have been very pivotal to my, I don't know what you call it, success as a homesteader. My advancement as a homesteader, my organization as a homesteader. And I have not yet found a planner that actually understands the uniqueness. I was going to say weirdness, but I'll choose the word uniqueness of a homesteader type of person. So I had this idea back in May. 
uh, I was like, what if I took all my favorite features of the planners I've used and we use those and we combine them into some of the other hallmarks of how I keep things organized and, and plan my projects and all the homesteader templates and formulas and cheat sheets that I've ever wanted. And we put them all into one volume. So that is what we did. And my team and I, this is not just a solo effort. I have Michelle, my project manager has helped me greatly with this. And Chris, my executive assistant has helped greatly with this. And we had the most amazing designer help with this. She created custom hand-drawn images and fonts and it's amazing. Okay. Anyway, drum roll, please. The old fashioned on purpose planner. And guys, I'm really excited about this. Like I love creating digital resources, but this is a real paper one, like with spiral binding. It's like you hold it in your hands and it basically all the things I described to you earlier in this episode of how I use my older planners. We created this old fashioned on purpose planner to have all those things and more. Uh, so it's 245 pages. It's printed in the USA in Wyoming. Actually, we got it locally printed. It has project trackers, habit trackers, expense reports, canning cheat sheets, garden logs, harvest journals, canning, um, like inventory trackers. We have meal planning tricks. Ooh, one of my favorite things is at on every single weekly spread each day has lines for you to write what you're having for breakfast, lunch, and supper. So you can kind of do that simple menu planning thing. There's a lot in here. Like I won't bore you with the lists here on the podcast because it's not as much fun to listen as it is to look, but this is the planner I've always, always wanted. So if you want to see inside of the planner, I have videos and photos of that over at www.prairieplanner.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Prairieplanner.com. Um, it's pretty fun. I think you're going to like it. It is tailored for folks just like you. Now, some of you have asked, um, cause I posted this on Instagram last week, if this is just for homesteaders, like you have to have a farm and you don't like, I really wanted this to be flexible. So even if you're just a homesteader at heart and you want to maybe put a back, uh, excuse me, a garden in your backyard, this will still be very, very useful for you. It's not just for someone who's managing a full scale farm. Like we have some animal trackers and some garden trackers, but really you're going to get a ton of value for the kitchen and just for everyday life. So it's awesome if I do say so myself. And I can say that because it was a team effort for sure. Got a lot of feedback. Um, it's been, it's, it's pretty fun. So here's a scoop on it. We um, kept the price super, super affordable and the shipping is, get ready for this, free, for real. The only catch is, is that if you're listening to this podcast in early September or middle September when I recorded it, there is a little bit of a wait for the shipping. So you can pre-order it now, but you have to wait three to four weeks to get it shipped to you because they're being printed as we speak from our little local Wyoming printer. And then here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Christian and I will drive to town when we get the call from the printer with our flatbed trailer and we will haul the pallets home of these planners like on pallets and then put them in our shop and we will be shipping these out of our shop. And don't worry, we have help to do this. It's not just like me by myself. Um, but that's why we have that little bit of a lead time. So you can pre-order now and then we will ship in three to four weeks. I am super pumped. So 
www.prairieplanner.com, the old fashioned on purpose planner for people like us. I cannot wait for you to see it and hold it and write in it with your fancy pens. And I think you're going to love it. And that is all I have for you today, my friends. I hope it was helpful for you, no matter what type of planner you use. Hopefully it gave you some new ideas. And if you found this episode helpful, I would love it if you could leave a quick rating or review. I read every single one and every rating just helps more people find this podcast and bring homesteading into their lives. Thanks again for listening. Take care and we'll talk soon.